Amen. Thank you so much, uh, church family, for your faithfulness. We appreciate it. Um, I, I know the Lord um, it blesses uh, that. And, and so uh, he also blesses this. Guys, we're going to jump into his word this Easter Sunday. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open them up towards the back of the Bible to uh, an epistle um, by Peter, right? And, and so Peter has, has such a great story with, with Jesus and, and especially, you know, Easter interactions and those kind of things. And so we're going to ask you to open up your Bibles to First Peter um, chapter 1. And, and to, together, we're going to read verse 3. And, and this is really kind of the launching point for our entire Easter message um, this Sunday. And so we're going to reference this scripture, and we're going to dig into this scripture, and we're going to go into other places and see what the Lord is teaching us in this. And so uh, this is where it starts. First Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 3, and the Word of God uh, says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And may God bless the reading of his word. Let's pray uh, that the Lord would give us wisdom and insight as we dig into this. Father God, thank you for your word. We know that it is alive, that it is active, that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. We know that it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And Lord, we just say we need all of that today. And we sit at our homes. Uh, it's it's weird to do Easter this way. We're missing our friends. We're missing our church family. And, and, uh, and we've got some fears. And so God, I just pray this morning that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would relieve those fears as we study who your son Jesus really is. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So four things that I want to share with you very quickly this morning. And, uh, and here is the first, guys. Uh, I want you to know this morning that we have a living hope because Jesus is alive. We have a living hope because Jesus is alive. And, and let's just look at 1 Peter chapter 3 again. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus uh, Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That word living is, is really, really important, right? I, I mean, let, let's think about this for a moment. What sets Christianity apart from every other religion in the world? And, and, and the answer is, is right there. Because, because Jesus is, is living. In fact, if, if we go back to the book of Luke uh, and kind of the story of the resurrection, in Luke chapter 24, uh, it says this. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, they came to the tomb bringing the spices that they had prepared. They, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb and they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood uh, by them in dazzling clothes. And we would we'd understand that these are, these are angels, right? Uh, two men stood by them in, in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and they bowed down to the ground. Uh, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the men. He is not here. He has risen, right? Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, It is necessary for the Son of Man to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men to be crucified, to rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all of the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. But the words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Uh, when he stopped to look in, he saw only the linen cloth, so he went away amazed at what had happened. And, and guys, this is, the, this is the point that really sets Christianity apart. Study any other religion that you want to in the world, and what you find out about its founder is that its founder is dead and buried. 
right? That we know where you can find uh, their, their, their bones. In some cases, they, they were cremated and, and their ashes were spread. Uh, but, but Buddhism, right? Uh, right? Uh, Buddha's body was cremated in, in India and, and it was placed in, in relics all throughout the land. Uh, Christian science was founded by Mary Baker Eddy. Now, she's buried in a cemetery in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right? Uh, Mormonism uh, was started by a man named Joseph Smith. Well, guess what? He is buried, his body is buried in his family cemetery in Illinois, right? Um, you, you think about Confucius. Confucius says, right, Confucius' body can be found in his hometown in, in Shandong, right? Uh, Hinduism, uh, Krishna died, and, and we know where he died. Uh, Islam, Muhammad is, is buried in Medina in, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Judaism, right? If you, you want to stop with Moses, we, we know that, that Moses' bones were, were left there on Mount Nebo. Scientology, Ron L. Hubbard, uh, that guy that started that whole movement, which started off as a fiction book, right? right? He was cremated and his ashes were scattered all over the Pacific. And the point that we're trying to make is, is that every other place that you look, every other place that people try to turn for answers about what life is and what it's about, um, those things we call religion, right? All those other places, all those other founders, guys, they're dead. They're dead. And that's what sets Christianity apart. We celebrate Easter today because our Savior, our Lord, the, the founder of the movement of Christianity, he is not dead. He is alive, right? That's what the angels say. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And so we, we just kind of start here this morning, right, is that we have a living hope because Jesus is alive, which kind of brings me to our, our second point, okay, our second point. We have a living hope because Jesus is God, right? We have a living hope because Jesus is God. Uh, and so I'm back in, in, in 1 Peter here, and uh, again, I'm just going to read it to you, and, and we'll put it on the screen for you. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want you to notice that first sentence, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and man, that's a big deal. That's a big deal because what it's saying is that Jesus is the Son of God, right? He is the Son of God. And so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn now to, to Matthew, the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 12. And uh, in Matthew chapter 12, uh, I love this kind of interaction, right? So I'm in Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse uh, 38, in verse 38. And uh, here's what the word of, of God says. Uh, it says, Then some scribes and, and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And he answered them, an evil, adulterous generation demands a sign. Now, now let's go back for a second. Jesus has already performed all the signs, right? I mean, he has, he has healed lame people and made them walk. He's healed blind people and made them see. He's taken people that were leprous and he's made them clean. Uh, he has, he's healed people with uh, evil spirits. He, he's fed thousands of people with the sack lunch. Uh, he has walked on water. Like Jesus has turned water into wine. So Jesus has done all these signs. They've heard about all these things. And, and, and yet now as we kind of approach, uh, the, the cross is getting closer and the Pharisees are like, hey, we want another sign. Like, like that's not enough for us. We need to know that you really are who you say you are. And so Jesus kind of in his response to them is like, dude, you are an adulterous generation. You're a bunch of cheaters on God. You, you don't care about God. I'm the son of God. I'm here. And so he, he says, I'll give you one last sign, right? And, 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 and we just got to read this. It says that some of the scribes of the Pharisees, they said to him, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, an evil, adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. 
Jonah. For as, as Jonah was in the belly of a huge fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Uh, the men of Nineveh will stand up at judgment in this generation and condemn it because they repented at Jonah's preaching. And look, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And look, something greater than Solomon is here. Now what Jesus is saying to them, guys, is here's your last sign. You want proof that I am the son of God? Here it is, ready? On the third day, I'm going to rise again. That, that, that's your ultimate proof. So, so the empty tomb right, is, is proof that Jesus is who? That he is God, right? He's God. That's, that's what he claimed. They, they asked him, are you the son of man? He's going to say, I am he, right? Jesus is God. And, and that's why we have a living hope. Let's think about this. If Jesus was just a man, Right? He's just an ordinary man. Um, let, let's just kind of walk through that one. He wouldn't have lived a perfect life, right? Right. Two, uh, his, his atonement for us and sit like, how's that all going to work? But, but this is the deal. God died in our place. God. God died in our place. God paid the penalty for our sin himself, right? He, he bore our iniquity on the cross. And it's by his wounds that we are healed. It's by his wound. And so, so we rejoice in this. Our living hope is not in us. It's not in mankind. It's, it's not in our ingenuity. Our living hope is in God and God alone in the person of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? A third thing I want to share with you this morning. And here it is. Ready? We have a living hope because Jesus provided a way for us to be born again, right? We have a living hope because Jesus provided a way for us to be born again. And again, I'm back in 1 Peter chapter 3. We'll put that on the screen for you. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us what? He's given us new birth into a living hope. And, and, and listen, this is our living hope, right? That, that we, us, right? Dirty, un, unclean. Uh, the Bible kind of talks about that we're, we're enemies of God. We're objects of wrath. That we, we, we've posed God. And, and, and here's our hope. Our living hope is that we get to be born again. That we actually become completely new creations. We, we've just been talking about that leading up until Palm Sunday. Talking about putting on the new self. You should go back check that out um, on our website. But guys, what we're saying is, listen, this is our hope. That, that we can be born again. And so I, I love John chapter 3, man. Uh, in John chapter 3, uh, a guy named Nicodemus uh, comes to Jesus in, in the cover of night. And uh, if I can find it here, uh, we'll read that together. And so John chapter 3, we're all very familiar with John 3.16, right? John uh, 3.16 uh, says, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so we, we believe that. We're like, oh, yes, that's the gift of God. God gave his son. That's the gift. But how do you, how do you receive that gift? Ready? And so, so here's uh, where we get to in John uh, chapter 3. And... Uh, it's right here. It says in John three chapter uh, John chapter three starting in verse one. It says there was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and and this man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you do unless 
God were with him. And so Nicodemus is going, hey man, I, I, I know that like, you're, you're from God and in some way, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who you are. Uh, and, and, but Jesus replies this way. He says, truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, now think back to first Peter. So our, our living hope is in Jesus and it's through Jesus we're, we're born again and we're made children of God. And so that, that's, that, that is our living hope is, is that we get to be alive in Christ, that we, we have a new life. And, and so uh, Jesus is now talking to Nicodemus about that. He says, truly, I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can anyone be born when he's old? Nicodemus asked him, can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, Unless someone is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of flesh is of flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be amazed that I told you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear it sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. And, and so Jesus says plainly unto Nicodemus, like, listen, here's the deal, bud. Um, if, if you believe that I'm from God, then you've, you've got to take it a step further, okay? And he kind of lays out the plan in John 3, 16. So God is, is giving me, uh, I'm his son, and he's, he's giving you guys a gift, the world. He's going to give the world a gift, and that's in my perfect life and, and my, my substitutionary death. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die in your place. And, and whoever believes in that, whoever, whoever trusts in that, whoever puts their faith in that, uh, they're going to be saved. And, and, and they're going to be saved by becoming new people. God, God's spirit will enter into them and they will be born of the spirit of God. They'll be born again. They'll be a new creation. And so that's what our living hope is in. And, and maybe you're kind of one of those people that you're thinking, you know what? I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know that I'm good enough for God. I don't, I don't know that there's any way that God would want anything to do with me. Uh, man, I, I, you, you don't know what I've done. I hear that a lot. You don't, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. Uh, listen, the, the the beauty of the gospel is it's not about your past. It's not about what you've done. It's about what Christ has done for you. It's about the fact that you can be born again and get a completely clean slate. That, that's the beauty. That's our living hope is, is that we can be born again, which brings me um, to our last point this morning, this Easter Sunday. Ready? Here it is. Ready? We have a living hope because of God's mercy. We have a living hope because of God's mercy. And, and so uh, I just want to read this to you again. Um, First Peter, we, we're putting that slide on the screen, right? First um, Peter, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so our, our living hope, right? where does it come from? Right? It comes from the grace of God. It, it comes from the mercy of God. Because of his great mercy, see that highlighted? Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. And, and listen, again, man, I, 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 don't know, I don't know where you come from. I don't, I don't know your background. I don't know your story. Um, I don't know what you think about God. A, a lot of people that I encounter um, honestly think that God is just a big meanie. Um, they think that he, he's just a big bully. They think that he doesn't care about them. They think that he just wants to judge them or, or even worse, hurt them, that, that God is just uh, kind of against them. And, and what I want to do is I want to kind of introduce you, if that's you, I want to introduce you to, to who God really is because 
because the Bible says that Jesus is, is the perfect picture of God unto us. Uh, Jesus said, man, if you've seen me, you've, you've seen the Father. And so what we see in Jesus, and, and, and we find it there in 1 Peter, is that in Jesus, God reveals to us this, this, this complete, and, and you can't say other side because God is all those things all the time. He is always holy, he's always just, he's always right. But listen, he is always also merciful and gracious. Ephesians 2 says it's by grace that we're saved. And so I want to find this for you in the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 4. Uh, this, is, this is one of my favorite verses, Hebrews chapter 4, and uh, it's, it's verse 15 and 16. I want to read them to you together. Uh, it says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Now, what that means is that Jesus, after he was raised from the dead, the Bible says that he hung out for 40 days, that he appeared to crowds of people, uh, at one point over, over 500 at one time, right? That everybody kind of knew that he was alive. And then he ascended into heaven, which people got to watch him ascend up into heaven. And that now he's there and he is our high priest, just as the high priest used to enter into the tabernacle and take care of the sins of the people. Uh, uh, you know, he was a mediator between God and, and, and the sinful people. Jesus is now doing that on, on our behalf, which is awesome. And so here's what the Bible now says, how, how we can uh, respond to God uh, because of the gift of Jesus. And so it says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet is without sin, right? And, and here's the key, ready? Verse 16, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Did you, did you catch those words? It said, so we should boldly approach the throne of grace because there we receive, what do we receive? Mercy and, and grace. And again, that's what, that's what Peter is saying. He said, blessed is the God our Father, the Lord of Jesus Christ, because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is our, our, our living hope is the mercy of God. And the mercy of God is best displayed in the person of Jesus Christ and the fact that Jesus rose again, the fact that he conquered death, the fact that he is alive. Listen, I'm going to move in here. That is proof that God loves you and he will be merciful towards you if you turn your heart to him. Okay, that's huge. That's huge. It's a big deal. Now, what do we do with this stuff? Uh, every week we, we try to challenge our folks at First Baptist to take the message and internalize it and to think about it. And so I've got just three kind of points of application that I want to throw up on the screen. And here's the first one, okay? Just one word, and here it is, ready? First word I want to challenge you to do is I want to challenge you to uh, believe in Jesus. I guess that's three words. <laughs> Believe in Jesus, right? That's, that's the first thing. Because we're here, uh, like almost almost 2,000 years after uh, the, the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ, and, and people still tune in on, on Easter Sunday, and, and they kind of hear the story, and, and a lot of people say, yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, I think that might be true, 
right? Historically, I just think that might be true. By the way, if you don't think that's true, I, I would challenge you, go check out the historical accuracy of the resurrection. It's the most documented event in the history of mankind, right? And so if, if you go back, it's it, it literally is the most trustworthy event that you can find. And so I would, I would challenge you to dig into that. But but at some point, you, you kind of have to believe in that. And, and maybe you're here and that's kind of where you are. You're like, yeah, yeah man, I, I believe in that. I believe in the resurrection. I believe that Jesus uh, died and rose again. I, I believe that wholeheartedly, and that's great. Okay, but then that brings us kind of to the next point. And so we have to move from kind of what I would think is a, kind of a group belief. Like I, I believe in general that that happened. I believe a little bit that that happened. We have to move into that, into kind of a personal arena. And, and so uh, that's the second thing I have for you in our application, okay? And what I want to challenge you to do is, is move from just kind of general belief into a personal reception. And, and so the challenge is that we have to receive Jesus. So Jesus uh, speaks to Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to him at night and Nicodemus is like, hey, uh, I believe you're from God. That's kind of what we're talking about. So, so you guys are like, yeah, I kind of believe that Jesus is from God, right? I, I believe in the resurrection. I believe he might be God. Uh, but, but then Jesus very clearly says to Nicodemus, hey, that, that group think belief that you have, that, that general thought that I might be from God, like that's not going to be enough for you, Nicodemus. Like, you have to personally receive me. Okay, you have to, you, he says, you, that's personal, uh, verse seven, he says, you have to be born again. And so that's moving from kind of a group think of, of hey, yeah, I kind of believe in general, I'm with this other group of people, that, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, you know, I call myself that, I don't necessarily live that out, but I kind of believe in you. Like you have to move from that, Jesus says, to a point that you receive, and what are you receiving? You're receiving the gift of God, that's, that's John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. So you have to receive that gift. So if it's Christmas morning, I have a box with your name on it, if I'm holding that box in my hands, it is not your gift yet. It is for you. It's been provided for you. It's been paid for you. Um, it, 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 like We want you to receive it, but until you take that gift uh, from my hands and, and you receive it under your own, it's not yours. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, you have to receive me. You have to be born again. And and, and, and that's huge. So so how how do we do that? And, and so guys, I would tell you, I you know, we do that um, typically through a simple prayer and it doesn't, it's not a canned thing. I know there's a lot of canned stuff out there, ABCs, those kind of things. Um, but, but the gist of it basically uh, is, is, is that we go before God and we say, God, you know, I, I, I believe, I, I believe that Jesus raised from the dead. I, I believe in the resurrection. I believe that you sent him to, to pay for the sins of the world. And, and, and then this is where it gets personal, ready? And I believe I'm a sinner. And so here's, here's what people do. We talked about this on Palm Sunday. The right way to receive a savior is to lay down what's in your hands, right? And so that's what happened on, on Palm Sunday. Uh, people laid down their palm branches and they laid down uh, their garments, their outer garments. They had to lay them down. And, and so what we do, how we receive Jesus, we say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. And then at some point, what we have to say is we have to say, listen, I'm going to lay down my life. This is how we receive him. I'm going to give you my life. And I'm going to ask you to come into that, that space that I've emptied out because I've given it to you. And I'm going to ask you to come into that space and take control. And so it goes something like this. Uh, Dear Jesus, uh, I, I recognize, I believe that you're the Savior. Um, I believe that you died for my sins. Would you please forgive me of my sins? I am a sinner. Come into my life. I want to receive you now and be in control of me from here on out. Right? I'm not perfect. 
I'm, I'm pretty messy, um, but, but you've got to catch the fish before you clean them. And so Jesus, catch me now and then, and then clean me, make me yours, do whatever you say. And, and so that's kind of where we begin. And that just brings us to the last point. And the very last point is that we would ask uh, that you would uh, praise Jesus, right? And that's, that's the last thing we do, right? We, we praise Jesus, and that's why we're having Easter Sunday. That's why we're we're still worshiping. Uh, Two thousand years later, we're saying, "Jesus, you are King. You are Savior. You are Lord. You are our living hope." And so, I just want to challenge you guys to do that. Um, praise and worship Jesus today, not just through our worship service, but all day long. Um, sing of His glory. Sing of His grace. Talk about His goodness, right? Uh, in a moment, um, before we end, before you wrap things up, um, we're going to ask you to sit with your families for a moment and read through those discussion questions uh, of, of the sermon notes. And we've got some family discussion. Just talk about what Easter means. Talk about this gift of God. Talk about your love and affection for Jesus and the fact that he is our living hope. We don't worship somebody that died and you could find their bones in a tomb. We worship Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died in our place, but also conquered death. And as the angels would say, he is not here. He is risen. Don't look for the living amongst the dead. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for this Easter. Thank you for this celebration. I pray that it has moved our spirits and our affections and pointed them towards Jesus Christ. God, be glorified in all that we think and we say and that we do. We love you. It is in your name that we pray. God bless. Happy Easter, guys. We love you.